Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast was brought to you by Dragon Shield. Use code PLAYTOWIN5 at the affiliate link down below for 5% off to help support the show. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in C-E-D-H. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. I'm Tyler. <laughs> like a sports channel now or yeah. something? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing this week, Dylan? Today we are talking about Murders at Karlov Manor. Yes. Right? That is the name of the set. Murders at Karlov Manor set review. We're talking about all the cards from the set in CDH that we think we'll see a little bit of play, at least some amount of play. We're also going to be talking about the Clue expansion as well as the Commander decks. We looked at all that shit. We're putting it all in one podcast and talking about all of the Murders at Karlov Manor stuff. If we don't talk about a card, it's because we don't think it's good. And we're never wrong, so that's it. Perfect. <laughs> no better way to summarize what we're doing today. So do we want to just pop in? Let's do it. Should we? Are we, are we doing my colors? We're going to go back to doing this by colors. All right, I like colors. Because okay. I think last time we did it, we did it by like types, and I hated that. That's yeah, not good. It was horrible. There's an even amount of colors from this set for basically each color, right? For the most part. There's only two blue cards, but every other category is going to have three cards in it, which is pretty cool. Okay, let's do it. All right, so let's start off with... Uh, white and we're going to talk about one of the heaviest hitters right out of the gate this is doorkeeper thrall this is one in a white for a creature thrall one two with flash and flying and it says that artifacts and creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger so this is just another torpor orb this is another hushwing griff this is another hush bringer we've gotten a lot of these cards so far i don't think many of them have been great but they do have i would say by now a cult following basically of people who really love this effect and this is definitely one of the best effects that we've gotten i still don't know that it's going to be good yes it does stop fast oracle yes it does stop dockside extortionist but it doesn't do enough in the early stages of the game and it also stops you from playing those really good cards and you normally want to be playing some amount of good cards with etbs so it's tricky. I like the flash on this, and I like the only two mana, but I still don't think this effect is good. I don't love this effect in CDH. I, I don't think it does enough. I think it's weirdly positioned in CDH because it's asking you to like keep mana up in order to maximize the value because you want your opponent to play their Dockside or Thassas and then flash this in to say, aha, I got you. However, stack sticks are usually the opposite of that. Stack sticks are usually tapping out on their turn, getting their stacks out, and then um, you know letting things ride and hoping that the stacks they have are going to keep the game locked down. Really, the only position in which you find yourself like wanting to hold up um, flash mana is if you already have an Archivist of Agama in hand, great. Or if you're playing blue, and if you're playing blue and you're playing counters, you're probably not playing stacks. These just don't overlap that much. Or honestly, just play Dress Down if you're playing blue. Like, to me, Dress Down being able to replace itself and only being a temporary effect in blue decks that are also playing red and white is such a huge upside for it to only be temporary. Yeah, hard counter spells are also, like, Mana Drain is going to do the same thing that this is going to do most of the time, and then also be a blue card that you can pitch and give you the mana back 
and somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like counter spells are just going to be able to do this and be so much more flexible than what this can offer. Where this is going to thrive more is in like the Selesnia stack stacks that are built around not having entering the battlefield abilities. So I guess not Yasharn, but like something else that's like mono white that's really just looking for other ways to actually be able to stop Thassa's Oracle. Like it's good that we have these ways and other colors to be able to stop them so that like Heliod gets some upgrades too. Sure, but yeah. like this card, I feel like wants to be a blue farm card. It's a flyer that has flash and you can <laughs> get people and like have everlasting stacks effects like with opposition agent and those other types of cards. But it also really harms the exact ways that you're trying to win too. So you're stuck trying to find a way to bounce this back to your hand before you can win yeah it starts off too much of your own shit like like you don't if you play this then your thassa's oracle is worse in your hand your dark side sources is worse in your hand you want those cards to be on and as good as possible so shutting off your own is just not where i want to be we want to play the best cards I, I, at least for me personally i don't want to necessarily i mean i know i play blood pod right now and i am playing out of a stack stack but i want to play the good cards i don't want to stop the players from playing the good cards should we be raiding all these cards oh big time Oh my god! I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what were you gonna say? I was I cut you off before you uh, had another point. Oh, I was just gonna say I think the the easy way to say like should I play this card is Are you currently playing Hushbringer? Play this instead. If you're not playing Hushbringer, do not play this card. Is there something to be said for Hushbringer shutting off death triggers as well as ETB triggers? Is that worth flash? I mean, when's the last time you died to a blood artist effect in CDH? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. I think this is certainly certainly better. I could I I could see an argument for wanting just a mass of this effect. There's like basically six, I think, that are like close enough to playable that you could play. It's just gonna do nothing. It's just gonna be a two-two that's not gonna actually do anything until somebody gets rid of it, and then they'll be able to win right after that. All right. So, what what would we rate this card on a scale from one to five? How good is this in CEDH? Two and a half. Two. I'm gonna give it a three. three. Look at look at our look scale. At that. That's look, great. There we go. Yeah, yeah. it's great. it's gonna see someone. You're gonna play it. Someone's gonna play it. Someone's gonna, gonna see play it. it, and you're gonna lose because of it. And like you're gonna cat, you're gonna fall for it. Yeah. And other times you're gonna be like pish posh, chain of vapor after it resolves. Right. Yeah. Go through the underworld breach line instead. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. All right, so our next card is actually a commander that we're going to be playing in the upcoming gameplay video this weekend. This is Delny Streetwise Lookout. This is two and a white for a legendary creature, Human Scout. That's a 2-2. Two, two. It says creatures you control with power 2 or less can't be blocked by creatures with power 3 or greater. And if an ability of a creature you control with power 2 or less triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. That second line, that's the one that we're looking at. There's a lot of things that this works really well with, a lot of commanders that this will specifically help. Things like Quark is a big one because Quark already plays this type of effect, doubling the triggers. That's something that Quark is looking for. So if you're looking to do white Quark stuff with, I don't know, silence effects and whatnot, this is going to be a helpful card in there. I feel like Sabine's Reclamation is a, a really good card. That's a perfect, that's a much better uh, option than Silence, yes. Uh, Timna is also a great one. It's going to double the Timna triggers. There's a whole sleuth of Dockside and so many different things that it doubles. What does it do with Savines? It's just a good white card. I yeah, think that helps just, with oh, storm stuff. I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. I, I, another reason <laughs> to play Quark Ishai is because you get Savine's Reclamation. And if you want to bring back your Mystic Remora and like, I don't know, something else and then something else and then something else. Right, right, right. It would be good if you're doing intuition pile stuff. Savine's Reclamation would be Also helpful. pretty good with Timna decks. I mean, this will yeah. cause Timna to trigger a second time. So if you're getting in for two two cards a turn, you're now getting in for four cards a yep. turn. And it's also, it's also not just enter the battlefield triggers. For some reason, it feels like it should use you that. 
that. It's also like S for Sentinel triggers, right? It's whenever an whenever an ability triggers. So it's it's also gonna count for things like that. Yo, your mother of runes triggers are gonna double. Oh, those activated, are activated abilities, abilities aren't triggers, I don't think. Yeah, that's not a triggered ability. Yeah. It's oh, it's a trigger. Ability. It's oh, a trigger. Yeah, it's not specifically just abilities. They, they specifically have it's, to trigger. Has to trigger. What direction did you go in when you were putting the deck together for yes. the channel? So I brewed this as a mono white list. It's basically a Heliod list with a couple more synergies that have two drops that have extra value and things like that. I don't mean two drops. I mean things with two power. But um, things like Stoneforge Mystic. I'm playing a Stoneforge Mystic, a couple uh, equipments in there. Um, I'm leaning a little bit more heavy on things like um, Fiend collector what's the card it's a one man it's fiend a hunter fiend hunter that's the one fiend hunter is kind of those type of effects i feel like are pretty good with delaney um the issue with delaney is it doesn't do anything on its own it doesn't create anything from nothing it only helps the things around you that can be pretty good but sometimes i fear this card will feel bad and just not do anything i feel like better in the 99 when your commander is always going to trigger it yeah i think that most of the good use cases for this are not in mono white so it may not be at its very best when we're playing it on uh, this weekend but interesting to see it at the helm for sure i think for me kark timna is where i'm going to be thinking like a mardu deck is going to be able to use this card really well just because it works with either commander so well yeah and that's a dock side deck as well like all of the major upsides to delny are going to be in that shell so if anything that's where i think i'm going to see this because the blue versions of kark have like virin yeah. and like other blue things that also double kark triggers too so having a legendary creature that does this in white too is just going to help mirror that a little bit more and give you a little bit more of an access to fight on yeah definitely i think so this card is great i think i rate this one pretty high like not super high i don't think this is an auto include but like 3.7 i'm gonna give it a three yeah, I mean, it depends so much on what else is in your deck, but I'll say three as well. The next card is called Trouble in Paris. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not, but I feel like Every everyone thinks it, it is. Yeah. I read it as Trouble in Paris. Trouble in Paris. Yeah, I, I feel like there's not enough baguettes in this art. <laughs> All right, so Trouble in Paris is two and a white for an enchantment. If an opponent would begin an extra turn, that player just fucking skips that turn instead. That's what it says. Verbatim. That player just fucking skips, skips that, that turn. turn instead. <laughs> Whenever an opponent attacks you with two or more creatures, draws their second card each turn, or casts their second spell each turn, you draw a card. Woof. So this is crown text. This is smothering tithe text no it's nope. not no. it's, it's very, very mastermind, mastermind text yeah. text and it's mangara the diplomat text as well all stapled on a, an enchantment sure i think mangara has another has crom's ability too right either way this card is good it seems really powerful four mana for this enchantment four mana is a lot that's competing with like smothering tithe and smothering tithe is paid for itself pretty quickly but this is going to draw you like a shitload of cards yeah i think you can reasonably expect this to draw a bare minimum of one extra card every single turn cycle which yeah. is probably worth it on its own and probably more than that honestly yeah probably i mean the, the attacking you is not going to come up very very often unless like you know you're in a situation where you need to draw like one last card to see if you can get out of the um, dual caster mage line or a Najila attacking line that's kind of the only time that people like have to attack you with two or more creatures to win but the rest of the text is what matters and the rest of the text is really good that extra turn stuff that's not going to matter but that's blank you can wipe yeah, that out every once in a while someone will have a stranded final fortune in their hand or make a mistake and forget about it and forget that part and cast final fortune to that don't do that that'll be really bad <laughs> this is obviously a big chunk down from Rhystic Study and Mystic Cremora. Since those cards trigger on every, those also stop win conditions. They stop combos that involve casting multiple spells. This doesn't do that. It's only going to trigger on the second. That's not going to actually halt a win condition, really. But 
it's still going to draw you, I think, one to three cards a turn cycle. For four mana, that's a little bit, but for white decks that don't have access to some other stuff, this is going to be awesome. Honestly, I think the the biggest downfall to this card is that it's double white. Yeah. Like, Smothering Tithe is great because you can cast it off of your Tundra and a Mana Vault, but this being double white means that there's going to be a lot of decks that just aren't going to want it, especially because it can't attack either. Yeah. It, it's just going to sit there. So, like, I don't know if this is something that Blue Farm is going to go for because you already have so many different cards that you can draw, but the two and three color white decks that are, like, looking for some extra gas, like, I think this is a... a a card that uh, Jessica Ishai would want. Something like that where you don't have card advantage in the command zone, so you're looking for other ways to generate consistent value. Like, this is perfect. Shalai Halar, Rocco, I think those are also decks that probably yeah. could run this. I think you're right about the double white, and and most notably, I think everyone's had the moment of, like, your first player in your pod keeps, like, a turn one smothering tithe hand that's, like, you know, um, Chrome Mox and, and Mana Vault and Smothering Tithe, and everyone goes, oh, fuck, like, that feels like the end of the game. And that just can't happen with this, which, um, you know, feels a little better. But even so, it's just so much value that an early one of these is, is you know, probably going to be a chunk of deciding the game. All right, we're going to move on to the blue cards then. And our first card is Follow the Bodies. This is two and a blue for a sorcery with Gravestorm. Remember this mechanic? Gravestorm is when you cast the spell, copy it for each permanent put into a graveyard from the battlefield this turn. And it just says Investigate, which if you don't remember, means that you make a clue token. This card's like weirdly really good, I think. The Gravestorm is kind of interesting. It's in a weird position because I feel like the best deck for it is Urza, which A, doesn't see much play anymore, and B, would have a hard time triggering a big Gravestorm. So it's kind of weird in that respect. And clues don't do that much on their own. But I mean, the the ceiling is pretty high Like if you need to draw cards. Where I'm thinking about this most is one in Kark and Sakashima when you're playing Stormkillin' Artist because you're copying stuff, you're making a bunch of treasures, Gravestorm's going to copy copy a bunch of stuff and make more treasures so that you can investigate a whole bunch. That's really nice. Also in Marnius, the way Marnius works, I believe there's like a new rule change recently where every time you investigate, Marnius is going to draw for each time that you investigate because you investigate, it's, it's separate, it's a separate clue creation each time. That's pretty good. That's going to be a pretty good draw a whole bunch of cards in Marnius, I think. I don't know. I think that I think this card could be could be something in the right deck, but only in a very specific deck. The Urza, like you were talking about, either the ones that I just mentioned, you're not going to put this in any old deck. This isn't just a draw spell in a, in a blue farm deck, I don't think. No, but it's very interesting, to say the least. But speaking of Urza, here's a here's a great Urza card coming up. We didn't rate that one. Oh, yeah, we got to rate. We didn't rate Trouble in Pairs either. Fuck. We keep forgetting. Trouble in Pairs is a 4.5. Trouble in Pairs is a, is a 3. Is a 3. I'm just going to rate everything a 3. Uh, that cannot be... <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> no, Trouble in Paris is a four. I'm giving Trouble in Paris a four, yeah. All right, uh, what about Follow the Bodies? The Gravestorm card. We got to write the Gravestorm card. That's what I just said. Oh, that's yeah. what it's called? Yeah, Follow the, the Bodies. Okay, that's what, I thought you were saying a new one. Okay. No, this is it. What do we want to rate it? Would you go first? I'm going to say this is like a 1.5. I think it, there's only like one or two decks that actually realistically run this. I don't think it's going to see much play. Yeah, I'm going to... I was going to give it a two because in the right deck, it is going to be nutso, but it's only going to see play in a very small amount of decks. I'm going to still give it a two. I'm going to give it a one for the one deck that will play it. Okay. <laughs> 
Moving on, Forensic Gadgeteer. Two and a blue for a creature Vidalkin artificer detective. It is a 2-3 that says whenever you cast an artifact spell, investigate. And activated abilities of artifacts you control cost one less to activate, but this effect can't reduce the mana in that cost to less than one mana. Do you guys pay attention to the lore for magic? Not enough to know what you're going to say right now. Okay, so this guy met Kinnon at Karlov Manor, and Kinnon went, Yo, you know what's really cool with fucking Basalt Monolith? If you can make it cost less to untap it. And this dude went, holy shit, I, we should totally do that. I mean, I didn't read the lore, but I'm pretty sure. That's like, pretty sure that's, that's exactly what they're going Flavor-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to play this card in Kinnon? Uh, I don't think so. We we don't like. I have a way to do this thing with basalt monolith in the command zone. The amount of other artifacts that it reduces enough. Like I guess if you have this and Kinnon, Grim Monolith also becomes infinite. Ooh, um, okay. But I believe it's a human, which means you can't flip into it. It is not. It is a Vidalkin artificer detective. So oh, now we're talking. Can flip into now this. we're talking. What's the other thing that it does? The first ability it gives you whenever you, you cast an artifact spell, investigate. And there's already I feel like some you got stuff. Extra mana hanging around with Kinnon. It's worth checking. It's worth investigating. Ooh. <laughs> oh. My instinct is that I probably can't find a slot for this, um, but I, I, this is one of those that I really hope other canon players do test it and tell me I'm wrong because that happens a lot and a lot of times they're maybe right. you start playing like inspiring statuary is that the card that gives all of your improvise yeah all of your non-artifacts improvise and all of a sudden these big fatties you can tap your clues to cast the colorless cost for <laughs> that's them. going deep yeah that's going deep <laughs> I'm gonna try and add another two card combo of cards that only work well in this specific situation this one I like uh, this idea though. It's a good it's, idea. It's it's very peculiar. Yeah, it, it's it's a it, it's an interesting card. I feel like Dawn Waker, if that's still a deck, which I think it still is. Thrasius Ian's actually Bruce. recently revamped Dawn Waker for I, the new format, the I, new meta. The new meta. I feel yeah. like this is perfect in there. You're looking for as many ways to go infinite mana since this does go infinite with Basalt Monolith. Yeah, Thrasios deck. That's gonna be great. Honestly, if there's any reason to stop playing Polymorph in Urza, it's this. Because now Basalt Monolith is an extra infinite mana combo that you have with this. Plus, you're already playing like a lot of those decks used to play that evidence card, that enchantment that whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you investigate. Yeah. This one's just like right up the same lines, but it can do so much more on top of that. So I think it, this is an, an auto include in these Urza decks now, and you're definitely going to lean more into that little jellyfish equipment instead of polymorph now. Are there any artifacts that filter mana into two mana of, of colors? For a cost of two generic. Maybe, but they probably have to tap. They probably have to tap. That's what I'm saying. Like, is there something like one of the prisms that, but it does this without tapping? I'm trying to remember because I feel like that also is. There might be one that like for two generic mana, make one mana of any color. I feel like that card does well, exist. We need to make two mana. It would need to make two mana. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's you not. You probably have to know. sacrifice it for that. A lot of those effects that they print will be like two mana gets you one mana because it's generic turning yeah. into color mana and it, they need it for like the draft format as an extra way to fix you this card reads like it's going to break a lot of different cards it, it feels potentially breakable it's certainly a combo piece that reducing the activation is, is what i'm getting good. at is yeah. i'm sure we're overlooking one of the good use cases there's got to be more and there's already so many that we talked about yeah that's just exciting all right let's move on to black the first card we're going to talk about is case of the stashed skeleton moxfield won't let me click on it to make it bigger so i have to read the small version and as you can tell i'm zoomed out Do you know how to command plus Yo. Did I just blow your mind right now? This is huge. Wow, this, <laughs> this works so awesome. well. Yeah. 
All right, let me start this over. So case of the stashed skeleton. ETBs, make it to one black skeleton that's suspected. So it has menace and it can't block. To solve this case, you have to have no suspected skeletons. And if unsolved, you can solve this case at the beginning of your end step. And then once it's solved, you can pay one into black and sacrifice this case to search your library for a card and put it into your hand at sorcery speed. Well, this card, I think, is really good for people who already want to run four mana demonic tutors, but want it to be difficult. Like, if you need a stupid little side quest before you can do your thing, like, that's great. I guess, yeah, if you want a Skyrim-themed deck <laughs> and you don't want to run Diabolic Tutor, you play this instead, right? Yeah. If you're in a deck that that really um, makes use of sacrificing things, a farm deck or, like, a rock deck that is able to um, turn creatures into value, like, maybe there's a world in which you run this... As, as a tutor but i just don't see another use case the reason i put this on the list is it looks like wishclaw talisman it's not as good as wishclaw talisman but it looks kind of like wishclaw talisman and wishclaw talisman no, is great doesn't. yeah it's a two mana permanent yeah. that you put into play that later you can sacrifice to demonic tutor essentially but this now, one draws you cards with timna yeah so it's it's much wishclaw is good that's what i'm saying wishclaw talisman is a great card and this one is not the same but it looks like it it does a similar thing so in decks that you already have a sack outlet in your commander in your command zone you can get rid of the token right away two mana and now two men on your next turn it's like a demonic tutor that you bank it's not a great rate but if a deck is looking for a thousand different ways to get protein hulk while you're a virals deck or something maybe this is just the 17th tutor that you put in the deck i'm not sure the menace token that you said it also can be a timna blocker and get you some value maybe something with tevish side if you're already playing skull clamp you can draw cards off the thing that it makes we're stretching and we're reaching for stuff but it's a tutor and i think tutors are interesting especially if you can cheat them on the mana cost in some way or do something with them so I don't know. We'll see. Especially because it's like a, it's a tutor. It's not right. like you tutor for a black card or you tutor for a creature with this, right? It's straight up a tutor. So I think that there, there could be a deck that might want to use it, but I feel like there's there are a lot of really good tutors out there that this is in competing space for. So we'll see. Are we going to rate this one or the last one? Oh, yeah, we should. So Forensic Gadgeteer. That's the last one, the blue one. Yeah. Yeah, that one's good. That one. I'm I, giving that one a four. That one, yeah, I think I'll give that one a four, too. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm on the four train. I think that one's going to see a lot of play. Yeah, and then the case of the stash skeleton. Like a one. A one. Like a one. You went so low on that. I'm going to give it a two. I mean, uh, wow, I thought you hated it. Wow, I liked yeah, it. yeah, me too. <laughs> I, thought I thought you were going to give it like a zero or something. No, I mean, um, so I'm thinking of like, like. Bartholomew El Presidente, like there's, there's like some the vampire, Whoa, the white black yeah. vampire. I have a, a friend Chen who, who you, you guys know Chen, who, yes. yeah. who plays, uh, who played that deck, and in that deck specifically, this is like one where you specifically have an outlet to sack it, and it hungers for tutors because it's in only white black. Like there, there are probably decks where this sees play. I just, I, I think in a lot of decks, it's still worse than. I don't even remember what it's called. The the two and two black di uh, diabolic, diabolic tutor. tutor. Diabolic tutor. Diabolic yeah. tutor. I think it's worse than that in many decks. Yeah, not all decks. You're, it's worse than that in Kirk for sure. If you give it a two, I'm upgrading mine to a two. I'm gonna give it a two. I'm giving it a one. A one for you. Okay, fine. <laughs> long goodbye. This is what we're gonna do at the end of this podcast. A long goodbye. Okay. Oh. This is one in a black for an instant that can't be countered. This includes by the ward ability. It mentions that on the card now. It does. Yeah, that's that's reminder text <laughs> really? now. Yeah. yeah. This includes the ward ability. Because that is a counter. The yeah. ward ability is a counter. Yeah. yeah. It says destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. So it's kind of like a little bit more of a limited mono black abrupt decay. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's what was cute. the mana cost on him again, too? One in a black, yeah. So it's the same mana cost, too. Maybe Kirk wants something like this, where they can pay that two life with the two mana from Kirk, and it's just a one mana, destroy something uncounterably, just a creature. But killing just a creature can be super relevant if you're in Kirk. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably reasonable in Kirk. I don't really know what else. Like, this just feels like you always run Dismember first anyway, to be honest. Yeah, but. I love Dismember. You're probably right about that. The yeah. uncounterability is cool, though. With Winota being in the meta less, I'm... I don't need minus five, minus five as much anymore. And like, if I do have a way to make it a little bit cheaper, that's great. But like, there's so many times where you catch players with their pants down that the abrupt decay completely blows them out. So now having like access to that in decks that don't need green, I think is a little interesting. I don't think every deck is going to play this, but I think there's a lot of decks that are looking for that last removal spell. And they're like, do I play cut down? Do I play fatal push? And like all of their options are bad. I think this is another bad option you can throw in there that like you can <laughs> say there's upside it's more expensive than these other ones but there's upside to it where i don't have to worry about my life total i don't have to worry about its power and toughness i can kill opposition agent and i can kill uh the one for rule of law enchantment creature if i want to Eidolon of rhetoric yeah right so i don't know i think it's i think it's better than i first thought it was are you gonna play it in nimrus because Nimrus is a blue-black deck that theoretically Honestly, would play a bad removal spell. I could see it in Nimrus, especially because like I don't want to then spend more interaction protecting the removal spell that I'm doing. You just want one spell turns. And sometimes exactly you just the one. And sometimes I'm doing it just to get the Nimrus trigger and get a better card into my hand too. So I could see this being a Nimrus card and just say you don't have the opportunity to fight over it it's just out of here i think in a controlling deck i like this a lot more than in like an aggressive deck an aggressive deck i'm leaning more towards the free one mana removal yeah but if you're being a little slower in controlling i like this a lot agreed it's got to be more efficient in the aggressive yeah. decks but when you have the like seedborn muse or something like you can squeeze this you out. got the time you got the it does mana. bum me out that it's like it can't be countered by ward but it also can't target tivit like that that makes me a little sad yes yeah that is kind of yeah. funny. the only thing that has ward in our format basically i feel like right and it, it still can't target. i don't know kite sail freebooter no do you mean no the, you mean other, other, the other one yeah the pirate one they're both pirates shut up cameron what do we rate long goodbye i'm gonna give it a three I think it's a three. I think it's a two. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Tyler's probably right. I feel right. like you got it wrong every time Tyler was differently. <laughs> Why do you value it? Listen, I'm wrong a lot. Don't. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's about a three. No, it's a middle I'm of the pack. I'm looking at this card with rose-colored glasses because yeah. like, I know this is going to my casual Glissa deck. Oh, yeah. So like, definitely. I'm super wild about it there, but whatever. All right, let's talk about our pretty much the only clue card that we're going to talk about. This is Professor Plum. It's not called that. They call him Mastermind Plum. But did it change his name? Plum. Yeah, what the hell? Is Clue a Hasbro property? Yeah. I think it is. I thought so. Yeah. That's even more of a reason for them to use the actual names of these characters. So, doesn't it seem like like they definitely like pitched that and Hasbro was like, we'll get back to you. And then they like designed the whole set and then Hasbro was like, it's a no-go. You, you can't. Is there a chance that we're like wrong? Is there secret lore where this is the true character's name and they changed it to be a kid-friendly game version that's Professor Plum? Is that a world? <laughs> Yo, I never in. thought about that, but that's probably it. It's that's like the a, world I want to It's like in. a four kids version of what actually happened. Right. They it's dumb like it a, down. It's like, a, it's like a true story or something. It's a real thing. Well, honestly, what I need is a, a secret layer version of this set where it's just like Tim Curry on like every single card. 
Yeah. Honestly, yes. <laughs> that sounds way better. Uh, yeah, dude. What does this card do? So Mastermind Plum is two and a black for a 2-2 legendary creature human wizard. Whenever it attacks, you exile up to one target card from a graveyard. If an artifact card is exiled this way, create a treasure token. Whenever you cast a spell, if mana from a treasure was spent to cast it, you draw a card and you lose a life. This card is interesting. Overall, its rate is kind of lackluster, but it, it's, it's another one of these cards that looks like other CDH cards. That It has that professional face breaker feel to it where it's making treasures on attack. It can also draw you cards if you cast spells with the treasures that it makes. That's great. Being able to snipe things from Underworld Breach Graveyards is also neat. I don't know if it's enough on a three mana body that has to wait to attack, though. Yeah, I think the attacking clause you kind of just have to mostly ignore and assume this is going to be incidental upside. And in my reading, the treasures thing just isn't going to come up enough kind of organically, like it would need to work with very specific cards. So to me, the only deck where I think this is an easy thing to not auto slot in, but at least like definitely test out is Diata, which is already going to be making multiple treasures as part of your main game plan and putting stuff in the graveyard. So I think in Diata, like there's a pretty reasonable case for you actually give this a go for the um, card draw right yeah, yeah. just like that extra exactly. card, draw for the card draw. but i think that might be it obviously. i'll give you another one prosper is making a treasure at the end of every single turn you're exiling cards every single time you do something what i don't remember prosper you remember prosper <laughs> yeah no i do i do i just <laughs> i haven't seen it in a minute <laughs> no neither have i especially after they printed the new obnixilis i feel like prosper's kind of gone on the back burner but they consistently print cards that say things that when you cast things with treasure like if it's a creature it gets a plus one plus one counter on it if it's this you draw a card and lose a life like this is something that they're going into more and I can totally see more cards that will, will be printed that will make this busted. I also want to bring up another commander. This might be good in Corvold, our Jund father. Oh, yeah. yeah, this I seems like it's Corvold. just like it kind of doubles up your Corvold triggers that's more really, or less. That's pretty good for Corvold. Um, your draw. Yeah. So yeah, this is going to help you go really fast. And also Lotho is a deck just as a commander that I've seen here and there. Yeah. Anytime your commander is making treasures or doing something specific with treasures, I would look at this card. Outside of that, not so much. What do we rate it? Honestly, I think it's going to play better than it looks. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'm saying two and a half on this one. Fuck. I'm going to go. <laughs> we don't have to agree, Dylan. That's the point. <laughs> I know, but now it's a bit and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm going to go with four because I think, I think that after this conversation, there's already been a lot of decks that have surprised me that we've talked about. I came into this thinking, oh, Prosper got a new card. Yeah. And then we just talked about Lotho and Diada. And like, I feel like there's just going to be a lot more that will pop up that maybe this will enable so i'm gonna give it a spicy take four all right also i fucking love clue say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. 
All right, our next card is Frantic Scapegoat. This is a, uh, the artist got a great uh, self-portrait of me for this one. It's Jesper. <laughs> Jesper drew this, which is like very obvious Jesper. when you see the artist. Oh, this is yeah, the Jesper it is. Art. Yeah. I love Jesper. <laughs> yeah, he's great. So this is one red for a creature goat. It's a 1-1 with haste, and when it enters the battlefield, you suspect it, which if you'll remember, it's a menace creature now that can't block. Of course. We knew that. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Everyone knew that. Whenever one or more other creatures enter the battlefield under your control, if frantic scapegoat is suspected, you may suspect one of the other creatures. If you do, frantic scapegoat is no longer suspected. Do we still talk about Winota cards on this channel? Say, how much longer do we have to keep on having to talk about Winota cards? Yeah, this is a card that might see play in Winota. It's, yep. a, it's an evasive attacker. That can give your other more important creatures that come into play than evasion, which I think is also really sweet. Yeah. Um, that's all. That's all. We can move on. <laughs> I'm going to give it a one and a half. One and a half. One and a half. Wow. There you go. It's confidence boost for <laughs> there you, Dylan. Go. Yeah, I finally got that one right. All right. We talked about this card on... We're talking about these uh, the next couple of cards on the channel here already, but we're going to talk about them again a little bit more. This is Crime Novelist. This is two and a red for a 1-3 Goblin Bard. Whenever you sacrifice an artifact, put a plus one, plus one counter on Crime Novelist and add red. So if you missed the Krenko podcast that we just put out, Last week, uh, we talked about how Crime Novelist is a way that you can basically double your Dockside mana. Uh, you just get every single time that you sacrifice a treasure, you get to add red to your mana pool, and it's better than Zorn. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's Zorn, but better. I missed the podcast last week. Can you fill me in a little it bit? It just came out it was so three sorry. hours ago from right now when we're recording. So I know, but what do you think I do with the rest of my time? I sit at home and wait for Play to Win content. Did you leave the meeting you were in early so that you could watch the podcast? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like when I was a five-year-old and I would like send my aunt an email that just said hi, and then I would like send, receive, send, receive, send, receive. Send, receive, send, receive. Yeah, this card is great, though. It's going to, in the right deck, it's going to be nut. Like Cam said, it's nuts. Plural. It's going to be crazy and good and powerful. Uh, it's going to double up your treasure. It's going to make extra red, and it's also going to get huge on the side. Um, it's that's that's great. That's good. And then the final red card we're going we to talk rate about. Them. Oh, we got to rate it. Oh, what is what is it? I don't really know where this goes. I don't really know where this has a home for. I would imagine Magda, like Magda. I would imagine Corvold again. I would imagine some decks that again really focus on treasures in the command zone. Yeah, I don't think also Magda, Diata, maybe. Like, also Diata, maybe. I don't think Magda wants this. No, like the yeah. I don't think this is the direction you want to go. You can't really search for it. That's true. Your Dockside Cloudstone Curio plan is usually like your backup, backup, backup option. So I think I don't. I don't think Magda wants this. I'm gonna give it a three. I think some decks will like it, and a lot of decks won't. Yeah, I'm going to say two and a half on this. Spicy, I'm going to go with a one. Okay. I think this card's going to be really hot coming out of the gate. I think it's going to get a lot of attention right now, but I think after it gets testing, it's not really going to see much play after that. So I think long term, it's going to be a one. I also, real quick, want to bring up, this card gets better as treasures get better, and they have pretty much told us, not told us, but they have showed us that they're making treasures better and better. Should we go back and read Mastermind Plum again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mastermind Plum's probably just a better one of this. I'd rather draw the extra card than make an extra mana, right? A card's worth yeah. more than mana? Depends on your commander, but yeah. Yeah, because Ancestral Recall's way better than Dark Ritual, so a card's is, worth more than mana. Is Bergy better right? than a card that says draw a card every time you cast a spell? Not even close. Not even close. Not even right. close. Draw yeah. a oh card is always oh better than mana. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. When you think about it in real life, drawing cards just so much better. I'll, yeah. I'll draw mana. Who cares yeah. if I make mana? This card sucks. It's a one. <laughs> okay. All right, and the final red card is a card that we talked about in extensive length last week. This is Krenko Baron of Tin Street. This is two and a red for a 3-3 legendary goblin with haste. It taps... The 
and sacrifices an artifact to put a plus one plus one counter on each goblin you control. And whenever an artifact is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay red. And if you do, create a 1-1 one, one goblin creature token. It gains haste until end of turn. If you have a treasure, sack the treasure to make a red mana. Artifact goes to the graveyard. Use the red mana to pay for it to make a goblin. Turns all your treasures into goblins. That's great. If you can make infinite treasures, you have infinite attackers, and you have a subplan of goblins by getting rid of your stacks pieces whenever you want to, or your tapped mana vaults to make your goblins huge. That's the shortened version of last week's podcast and what this card does. What do we rate it? Two. I like the deck, so I'm going to give it a four. I don't. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know this one well enough, but I I got to say, to me, it reads very much like, what if every time you wanted Walking Ballista as your combo outlet, you instead were going to play something that was red on purpose? <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I was thinking at it as like uh, Magda gave dwarves the option to be a CDH deck. Maybe this card gives goblins the option to be a CDH deck. It, it probably won't, but I'm still high on it for now, so I think the deck is cool. You should watch last week's podcast. It's interesting. <laughs> I gave that a three. I didn't say it, but I gave it a three. Three tis. All right, let's talk about Analyze the Pollen. This is a green mana sorcery that says, as an additional cost to cast the spell, you may collect evidence eight. And to collect evidence, you exile cards with total mana value eight or greater from your graveyard. And then you can search your library for a basic land card. But if evidence was collected, instead, you can search your library for a creature or a land, reveal that card, and put it into your hand, then shuffle. This is kind of like Traverse the Ulvenwalds, where that one you need Delirium, and this one you need to exile eight CMC worth of cards from your graveyard. That can be a pretty big cost, but a one-mana tutor that puts the creature directly into your hand can be pretty neat. That is pretty good. I will say it is probably still worse than Summoner's Pact, which is one less mana than that Summoner's i Pact think is, this is just never gonna see play you don't think it's, yeah i think it's not gonna see play in any decks unless there is a mono green deck that i'm not thinking of like which can't be um yisan because that just already has a way to get the creatures that it needs to get like yeah maybe silvala or something i but no, it you're look, the graveyard. we're looking at this all wrong green grixis you fill up your graveyard and this is just a hard tutor for whatever creature you need to win the game so the, the first thought that i had to mind was because i like those land so much the lord of the rings land cyclers the troll of kazakh doom and those types of cards generous and those make this way way better yeah in some type of jund i'm thinking any deck that's just like hungry for a bunch of tutors some sort of protein hulk deck i feel like this could be easy enough to turn on if you just want like another tutor i think this one is better than traverse the Ulvenwald, and i've seen some fringe cdh decks play that card so what about like grist like i feel like a deck like grist that it's milling itself it wants to find protean hulk like i feel like yes this is a card it might actually yeah, want grist sounds actually pretty reasonable yeah and now we've just talked and we with that other tutor that we talked about the case of the stash skeleton it's now 13 in tombs right and oh. an extra and this now yeah you got yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of options yeah. Some. Some options, I should say. <laughs> Once options. you resolve it in creature mode, there's a lot of options It's great. There. Yeah, it fucking sucks if you don't collect <laughs> yeah, evidence. I, yeah, exactly. It's but not if you can, if you can get this evidence, if you just, like, cast a um, dig through time, oh, buddy, you're set. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Playing dig through time, yeah. Dig Although through time, find this, and then you compete. cast this. I don't know if you want to play both dig through time and this card no, in the same No, dig deck. through time sucks in comparison to this. Sorry, if you collect evidence, it's still basic land, right? It's not land. It doesn't change to you any land. No, it is a creature or a land card. Oh, so crazy. you could get cradle that is with better this. Than I yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I I just put that together. It can get treasure vault if right at the. That's but it's the, basic land on original mode. Basic land on original mode. Yeah. So it's um, 
What's the name of that card? That's just the green mana search your library for a basic land. There's a bunch of that there's card. There's so many. No, there's an original one. There's yeah, one that gives you original. two energy. Yeah. But they called that one something else, though. A Revolt, Aether Revolt or something? Or is that the name that's of the, the set name that of it was ancient, in? Well, Ancient Stirrings is also kind of... No, that's different. No, that's a no. completely different card. Look at the top card. five. Oh, no, I find man. a colorless card. <laughs> yeah. What do we rate Analyze the Pollen? I think this card is going to be probably not as good as they want it to be. 2.5. 2. I'm going to say 1.5. Pick your poison. This is a green mana for a sorcery that says choose one. You can choose either to have each opponent sack an artifact, each opponent sack an enchantment, or have each opponent sack a creature with flying. For one mana? In Magical Christmas Land, when you're for fourth in turn order and everyone played their Ristic Study and their Mystic Remora and their Smothering Tithe, and you get to go fuck all of you, destroy all your enchantments, that's going to feel incredible. Yeah, that sounds amazing for sure. Wow, the what's actually going to happen time, though? Yeah, yeah. the rest of the time, I'm not quite as sure this is going to do enough. In low-color green decks, I do think this is an interesting removal spell. This can do a lot. I think I would seriously consider playing it in a, a bunch of green decks in the format if it was an instant and the fact that it's not makes me say i'm not trying it in anything yeah There's the no fact way. that you don't target anything that it's not your choice and you're always gonna get the short end of the stick no matter what makes me go yeah i but, don't know but early game this is gonna be fucking insane if you're oh, on a, yeah if, if you're it's on your a, opener that's great yeah if you're on a mana dork deck or something and you're just trying to like like grind them out in the beginning like Especially for stacks decks that oftentimes don't have anything to do on one mana besides mana dork, like their stacks pieces, like are they don't kick in until turns two and three. So if you're last in turn order, the mana dork on turn one feels really bad. Where this card can feel really good last in turn order early That's on. That's true. Like turn one, the turn one player goes mana uh, mana crypt into an archon. Yeah. That uh, now there's a rule of law. Everyone's pissed off. Cast soul ring. Cast mana vault. And you on your turn one. Last player cast this. That sets you so far ahead. It sets you so far ahead because you release all your opponents from the stacks right before you pass turn because all you did was play a green. No, sorcery. they're still under the stacks. No, he's saying the Archon of Amiria is the creature, so that would stay. Yeah, and the Archon there. stays. See, that's a creature the... with flying. So since I didn't know which mode you were choosing, oh yeah, you could you could have done that. One. Oh, <laughs> that's true. That is no, I'm getting so rid of the all thing. their mana artifacts. If, yeah. if you had the option to choose a different mode for each opponent, then I would also feel very different Woof. about it because this gets rid of Tivit. Like this, this does get rid of relevant flyers too, but because 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 you're locked into one mode, I think most of the time you're really only killing one thing, maybe getting some incidental value of something you don't really care about from another opponent, and you're doing that f with an entire card slot for for a sorcery, and that I just don't think it makes maybe sense. maybe Jund Krark. You copy this a bunch of times, and then everyone like <laughs> sacrifices all their shit. Sure, Teamer Kark. Build maybe. me yeah, the list. Teamer Kark. Teamer Kark. Okay, yeah, sure. What do we rate? Pick your poison. I think this one's gonna play better than it than it reads. Also, I'm gonna give it a two. One point five for 1. me. 5. Nice. All right, Tyler and I are right. <laughs> Arch Druid's Charm. This card is a part of, I guess, a super cycle now. This is green, green, green for an instant that says choose one. Search your library for a creature or land card and reveal it. Put it onto the battlefield tapped if it's a land. Otherwise, put it into your hand, then shuffle. You could also put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control and have it deal damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. Or you could exile target artifact or enchantment. This does so many things. This does five things. It says three, but it's it does five. You can exile an artifact. You can exile an enchantment. You can put a plus one, plus one counter and fight. You can find a land, any land, like the other one. You can find Gaia's Cradle, or you can find a creature right to hand. 
That green, 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 that's deep. I'll give you that. But this does a lot of stuff. This is really flexible. This is like the most modes I think they've ever put on a card. I will also say that green, 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 of all the things that are going to be triple color, specifically because of Gaia's Cradle, green, green, green can be the easiest to, to pay. I think instead of just saying this can only be played in mono green, I might go as far as to say this could be played in some two color green decks. Flexibility is good. Modal spells are always good. These modes are all relevant at some time or other. So I think that makes a big impact. I still think it's iffy, but like there, I, there are definitely some decks that are, are going to want to try it. And I think most of them are mono green, but for those decks, it's probably pretty darn good. Yeah, the four color decks, not playing this. Five, definitely not. Three, probably not. Two, maybe. Some two, like a Gruul deck. I could definitely see a Gruul deck wanting something like this. Yeah, like Wart, Wart the Raid Mother gives sure. uh, your That's sorceries yeah. and instance conspire. So like you could Isn't copy this sorceries? and then- No, you can do instance or sorceries conspire. Yeah, so that's an, that could be a new Gruul Storm deck that we have in the format. <laughs> because of just this card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, this is yeah. all Wart was raiding for to like fucking <laughs> pop off. Separately for me personally, my casual deck, AC, I've been, it's a Lands Matter deck and I've been looking to get all the non-thematic cards out of it. So I'm getting Beast Within, gone, and I'm putting this in instead. Oh, this perfect kind of does what beast within does but it's also a land tutor which is great for an ac deck so i'm thrilled about it for that i don't think i'm gonna try it but that's the part that makes it close in kinnon is that it is a land card and we care about both homeward path and gaia's cradle and sometimes other lands incidentally so yeah. like it it's close i don't you think have huge I'm trying creatures Kinnan, for the but... creature removal aspect too it gets rid of Gra graf digger's cage yeah it's it's close yeah <laughs> there's so many good cards in blue though that also get rid of those cards <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah it yeah. does a lot the three and green pips is a lot though but yeah. I still rate this one pretty hard, pretty high, just because in the decks that it is good in, it's going to feel fucking awesome. So I'm going to give this one like a 3.5. A hard 3.5? I'm going to give it a hard 3. I'm saying, I think I'm saying 3 too. I'll, nice. I'll yeah. Two. All right, let's move into the... Multicolor. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. <laughs> Insidious Roots is a green and a black enchantment that says creature tokens you control have tap, add one mana of any color. Whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, put a 0-1 green plant creature token into play, then put a plus one, plus one counter on each plant you control hello tyam i have a card for you yeah this does something really great with tyam oh, yeah. this Every card is nuts with tyam bring a creature back get a plant counter on the plant remove the counter later to activate tyam again on different stuff and then your two plants each get a counter so it like feeds itself it is pretty nuts in that regard i also think it's worth noting that anything that is in green and plays tevish probably wants this too because you're making the thrill and the th if the thrills are also mana oh. like you're in you're in great shape that's helpful Almost yeah literally just for that reason there there is Cryptolith Rite, which also exists that says creatures can tap for any mana, so that's a little bit less than the token thing, but that extra ability to make plants and over time have the plants get bigger, that's definitely not nothing. When tokens die, they do go to graveyard and then poof, so are they, will those trigger leave the graveyard? No, it, it doesn't trigger leave the graveyard, because it's, it never is really in the graveyard it does hit the graveyard it hits and the graveyard because otherwise it wouldn't it ceases die. to exist after it hits the graveyard but, but I does don't know. it leave the graveyard there's no leave the graveyard I don't trigger I, I don't know if there's a leave the graveyard trigger i don't think so judge 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 no, no, no one answered yeah three uh two i feel like it's become like what's your deck it's a seven I mean, that's that one that's what it is it's a three I dude know. i told you at the beginning of this they're all threes <laughs> they're all threes they're all like, threes some decks are gonna like it i'm also gonna say two except in gave the casual deck and that's a five. Oh my god i can't imagine yeah in the right deck in tie em, in 
gave this card's gonna be nuts so outside of that big stinker i haven't said the name of this card yet i've just been calling this next one the mole god this is Anzrag, the quake mole this is two a red and a green for an eight four legendary creature mole god it says whenever it becomes blocked untap each creature you control after this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. For three, a red, red, green, and a green, it must be... Oh my god, I can't fucking read the Remember day. the command plus? I'm, I did it. I'm still <laughs> on it. This is just me. Oh, you can go way more than that. No, this you is just way more than that. This is just me not being able to read. This is not about the size anymore. <laughs> this is, this is illiteracy. This, yeah, this is just the failure of the American school system. <laughs> I blame my teachers. <laughs> yeah. For three, two red and two green, it must be blocked each combat this turn if able. Why is it so big? I have no idea. It reads so much better than it plays, though, think? I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, the first time I read it, I went, how do you beat this? card and then i just remembered that it doesn't go back to having like four toughness right for the next combat it still takes whatever damage it took right so you have to give it indestructible if you want to actually like have it be around but what makes this so unique is that this actually combos with fog so fog lets you get infinite combats because you're never dealing the damage but if you make it so that it must be blocked every single combat it blocks untaps your creatures and now if you have a creature that can tap to ping your opponents you get infinite untaps this way so you can just keep tapping pinging your opponents you can't really get infinite mana because you have to keep going through each step of the combat phase so like unless you have something to do with your mana in combat you can't really make infinite but you can still like ping your opponents to death which is a very unique way to win the game i have a how does fog read fog reads prevent all combat damage dealt this turn so you don't get to deal any combat damage no but you can deal damage in other ways how, yeah but what happens when they don't when they run out of creatures they won't they because won't. you're not dealing so combat you have damage. to be ah, there's why i'm missing the final mm -hmm. connection okay they're gonna have to block and they're you're just gonna attack the same person each time and they have to block each time and they don't take combat damage and you ping each time now i'm understanding it, it was taking me a second like, what if the creature just dies but no combat damage whatsoever i'm here yeah there i mean there are also things that um make uh combat damage like only be dealt by your creatures and not creatures your opponents control like there's other there's other fog effects that work with this for sure it's a pretty steep cost to get that rolling and you need a very particular combination of creatures to be able to capitalize on this and win in the combat step so like if you are able to generate four mana and you have a walking ballista out you can get there with this right like there's there's ways you need to satisfy it by running a lot of bad cards and assembling a very particular board state that is going to be exceptionally telegraphed and everyone is going to know what's going on because all of the pingers don't have haste there's one that has haste but it's three mana but like you already have to pay seven mana to activate the quake mole an eighth mana for fog i guess you could make it cheaper like we play spore frog in the deck too so you can like get that out early and save you a little bit but like it's just all of this is just so mana intensive now i will say um like in terms of the seven mana that it costs to activate which is one of the big barriers here like attention orvar and magda players if you like playing bad cards in cdh decks um this is one case where grand melee and there's a three mana one too these are red enchantments that say all creatures must block each turn if able so if you are able to get one of those out on an earlier turn and set yourself up that way this becomes a lot more reasonable to do at the cost of putting bad cards in slots in your deck i think still pretty iffy but a really interesting and relatively novel way to win potentially
I think the the best part about this is that it's just it's on it's just fucking huge against the deck that doesn't play a lot of blockers. You're just going to be able to kill him pretty quick, yeah. which I think is going to be helpful. Like that's going to be this card's best quality. Um, I think that extra stuff like it's going to make people have to block awkwardly or have to find removal or something like that. But I agree with what you're saying. The combo part of it is is not a good combo really. We've talked about Raga Draga and like trying to find a gruel deck that's going to be able to just like play a stacks piece and win through combat damage. Now you just put Raga Draga in this deck and jam it full of mana dorks and then that's like a whole backup plan that you have sure i think i said the last time we had a, a gruel commander that we talked about like they're gonna do one one of these times that yeah. like is the one that actually can get there yeah and this one this has still like a, a combo that goes with it yeah but it's still not it it's right. still not it's it still we're not, not there it. but no. it's coming it's, it's gonna coming. happen it's coming we're gonna get a mass of gruel legendary big idiots that you can all put in the same deck and they're gonna be doing something really good but we're playing this one in our murders of karloff manor video so Stay tuned for it. It'll be what it is. What are we giving it for a rating? Like a two. I'm right there with you. I think a two. I'm going to say one and a half. I can't quite bear to give it a two. <laughs> Can you mole it? We never made a holy moly joke because it's a mole god. Holy moly. It's just Drillbur. What? It's a it's a Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Also, um, I mean, uh, there's a lot of other things with moles. The badger moles from Avatar The Last Airbender, the original Earthbenders. Remember them? Nope. Nope. Never watched it. You guys, you're you're all too old. Let's talk about... The final commander that we're going to play on the channel from this set, Malik. Malik, Reforged Researcher. This is three, a blue and a red for a star star legendary weird detective. They threw that dig at him. <laughs> Is that kind of weird? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His power and toughness are each equal to twice the number of instants and sorcery cards in your graveyard. And the first instant or sorcery that you cast each turn costs three less to cast. To me, this is... this is not but it could be like a is it nimrus and you just kind of build your deck around jamming this thing out on your turn and then like factor fiction is one mana that seems busted right and you play like a couple of other instants that are like super expensive but you can get to like two or three mana that are gonna tutor like multiple cards to your hand and do all sorts of crazy things like cyclonic rift on someone else's turn is now to overload it only four mana so like that's pretty busted like that gives you so many more options that you you wouldn't have i'm playing a lot of extra turn spells as well because the first time you cast temporal mastery on your turn it's significantly less mana they're, time walk it's just yeah two mana. they're all time walks yeah. instead so um really gives you a lot of options um i also like putting the two mana counters in here like delay and even trick bind get bumped up in value because now they're just one mana so they feel a lot stronger it's nice that it's once on every turn though right so like you can do it on each opponent's turn which is kind of why it's like nimrus where it incentivizes you to interact with each opponent once on their turn because your stuff is reduced and if you're cantrip and big on stuff like factor fiction that can be easier to do at a mana cost of five, it's kind of steep. Like, the effect is powerful, but I think this is one that certainly can win games, and probably the turns approach is, like, the the way to go with this thing. It's just, it also, weirdly, it wants you to do turns because that's usually the most powerful thing to reduce the cost of, but it also doesn't want you to do turns because it's incentivizing you to interact. So I think it kind of um, fights with itself a little bit. I'm not I'm not sure it's, like, really It's like viable, using but... the turns as value. Like, like, the deck that I built for this isn't trying to, like, go infinite with turns. It's just more like, hey, I... I have access to two mana time walks in this deck that won't let me lose the game if I don't win that turn. Right. You're in really good colors, which I also really like too. Like this is perfect underworld breach shenanigans that you can get into here. So, and it can get pretty big. I'm imagining that this thing is actually like twice the number of instants and sorceries in my graveyard. I think this thing's actually going to get pretty big and can be a decent beater. I don't think it's the best blue red deck. I think you're right. Five mana is like really fucking steep for this, but 
I think this is going to do some funny things that is going to make some cards you don't really play very well, very powerful, and cards you already want to play, like March of Swirling Mist, feel busted. Definitely. I definitely agree. You just got to make sure that you're not playing too many cards that are bad without it. Like, you don't want to play too no. many fact fiction type things. No, but th I think there's enough cards that are already decent yeah. that this just makes enough better. It might also be the only CDH deck ever, if you can call it a CDH deck, that um that can run the Red March, March of Reckless Joy. What does that anyone even do? Exiles the top X cards um, from your library, and you, I think you can play them until the end of your next turn. No, no, this one's bad. You may play up to two of those cards oh, until I the end of your next turn. No, this fucking card sucks. Stinker. Stinky. Maybe not that card. We have one final cycle of cards we're going to talk about, and this is the new land cycle that we're getting. We have Undercity Sewers up here on screen, um, but every single two-color pair now has access to lands with the basic land types, fetchable two-color lands that enter the battlefield tapped but also surveil. Strict upgrade from the scry lands here from a casual commander perspective these are awesome i love them so much they're going to go in as many casual commander decks as i can probably maybe not the super fast aggro decks for cdh i do not like this i don't like tap lands unless they're producing two mana on a following turn and even then it's questionable i don't know how often i'm playing this i think maybe if you're in a a very dedicated reanimator strategy there's a case for running these but not taking up a land slot with it like you know, if you're if you're already low on lands, you're 26, 27 or something, you might go, OK, I can go up to 28 on this and run just one of these as as one way to, you know, put put something in the graveyard. But it does with things like Worldly Tutor and Vampire Tutor exactly, and Imperial exactly. Seal, yeah, yeah. Tutor for the target and then Surveil right to the bin. I see what you're saying. It kind of turns those tutors into entombs when you need them to be. Here's what I'm thinking. We were just playing a game with Alan from Mental Misplay, and he was on a tally, and there was something that he said where he mentioned that he wished that he had more dual lands in his deck for red-green that he could fetch instead of just, like, Stomping Ground and Taiga, which is what you always throw in. And there's a couple options you have. You have, like, Cinderglade, but that makes you have a lot of basics in play. Um, you have one with Cycling as well. So, like, you have some other options, but this one in a deck like a tally where after you cast a tally, it doesn't win you the game, and now you just like need to find more action fetching for this on an end step is going to feel like a time walk when you bin a card into your graveyard i don't know like a time walk it no you don't have to draw that card and it gets you to the next card like yeah it doesn't get you that mana but like the timing aspect is it's gonna feel like a time walk if you think of it like a time walk <laughs> this card is gonna be busted in these two color decks that just want like other mana sources that they can fetch on end steps that are gonna get them two different colors it's also going to be helpful for Atali before the Atali triggers if you can afford it because you right? can just do a double check and see if you can get like the Llanowar Elves off the top of your library or something like that or I don't know. So I'm going to rate this a 5 because I know Time Walk is a 5 and this is going to feel like a Time Walk. Exactly. I'm also going to give this a 5 because this is basically Time Walk. Yeah. Sick. This is the best card in the set. 5. It's a yeah. Time Walk. Yeah. 100%. Time walk. Yeah. Good. These lands are so walk. good. Play them because they're basically Time Walk. Yeah. They are. No. They are Time Walk. They, they are Time Walk. It's free Time, time walks. Free land Time Walk. That also allow you to surveil. They're better than Time Walk. They're better. Strictly yeah. better. <laughs> Strictly better. Time walk fetchable time surveil. walk. Yeah. Uh, it's a that's the thing. It's a fetchable, <laughs> it's a fetchable instant fetchable time speed walk. time walk. So good. Thanks wow. so much for watching. <laughs> if you like to support us directly, you can do so on Patreon. Wait, stop. Okay. We said we were doing a long goodbye. Don't you start? We gotta. Thank you for watching. Shout out to our one hundred dollar patrons. Sean in the ice. Welcome, Mark Cirillo, Alan, but in lowercase. She doesn't even go here. SoCal Acura, Storm again in Luke Cook, Adriel Wosipi, Demon of Rosgries, Uncle Butts, Kawaja A Hamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby Jeebus. 
you want to pick up any of our merch, you can do that at playtowinmtg.com. Big thank you to Dragon Shield for supporting the show. Make sure you use our affiliate link and code PLAYTOWIN5 to get 5% off your order down there. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Grinder. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Bye. Tyler Watson, Brian Barrington, Zachary Colson, Alex Musselman, Tyler H, X Tyler the Tree X, Mawcraft, Driving Crooner, Jabaha, Mace the Ace, Dalton Poti, Kadanis, Hobo Ghost, Mitchell Shepard, Justin, Mansolo, Pedro, Jacob Depp, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, and David Nelson. When you made that sound, a little fart sound came with it. So if you can hear that in the recording, that'd be nice to amplify just for a little funsy. Well, I don't put enough fart sounds in the podcast as is. Well, I'm kind of thinking we should add a couple more. Uh, just spurt them in. Anytime you say something good, a little afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Say something bad, a long one. Afterwards. The whole podcast would just be a long fart. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.